podcasting was a way that people were, that they were able to continue to be fed um, throughout the pandemic. And also the fact that you can reach beyond your local congregation to the uttermost parts of the world. Welcome to the Ministry at Scale podcast. I'm your host, Chad Williams. Join us as we discuss trends, learn from experts, and share practical tips to help your ministry multiply its digital impact. Well, today I'm excited to have Misty Phillip joining us. Misty is a best-selling author, a successful entrepreneur, and also a co-founder and chairman of Spark Media. Welcome, Misty. Thank you so much for having me here. So, so Misty, one of your passions is podcasting. Absolutely. Can, can you just talk to us about how that passion developed over the years? Yeah. So it started with my oldest son going to college and starting a podcast for the honors college. Right. Uh, and he came home and he said, mom, you need to podcast because at that time I had just started speaking and writing and, um, writing for me was a really difficult task. And he goes, you can talk. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, you should start a podcast. And, um, and so I guessed it on a few podcasts, but I really was intimidated by the technology behind it. And what was I going to say? And would anybody care? And I got beyond all of those, um, feelings and I launched my podcast in preparation for the Bible study that I wrote before it was going to launch. So that's the struggle is real, but so is God. And I knew that I would need to build an audience to have people that wanted to buy my book. And so I started podcasting. Well, little did I know that I would start podcasting and then fall in love with it. And then once I saw that I could reach people around the world. So podcasting is this really interesting thing where you speak and you have this message and your words somehow magically travel around the world. And I started to see that even my podcast could impact people for the gospel from the comfort of my home. And that got me really jazzed because I thought, what would happen if I got other people together with similar passions and how much more could we expand the kingdom? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. So, so how long have you had your podcast and what's the name of your podcast? Yeah. So my podcast is called by his grace because everything I do is by his grace. And I actually started my podcast at the she speaks conference that's put on by Lisa Turkhurst. And I did it in my hotel room with a microphone and my telephone and my phone. I plugged the microphone into my phone. And I batch recorded my first 15 episodes because there were all of these women there that had stories to share. And um, the struggle is real is about overcoming the struggles in life. And so when I initially started the podcast, I, I wanted to interview people in the struggles that they were facing, because that's one of the things that I wanted people to see that we're not alone. And, you know, there's no struggle that, um, you know, we all have different things that we struggle with, but we all have struggles, but God is greater than all of our struggles. And so that's, that's where it started. But I came home from She Speaks and I was still homeschooling uh, my younger two boys and football practice started. And I put that podcast away and didn't actually launch it for about six more months. My husband kept going, aren't you going to launch that podcast? And I was like, yes, but right now I'm too busy. And so finally, Jan 
January 1 of 2019, that's when we launched. And um, I just uh, am on like about 100, episode 102, I think right now. So congratulations. Thanks. That's a great milestone. Yeah. 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 Just for having a hundred mark. Yeah. Having a blast with it too. So, so how did you find like last year, obviously the big topic is COVID and impact. How did that impact either your podcast as a whole or the reach that it's had with, with, with you or has it had, had, has it had an impact? Yeah. Um, you know, I, my podcast has continued to grow. So initially a lot of people in the industry, their numbers were low, but I have a very engaged audience and I continue to see growth all through. And that might've had something to do with my combo. I hosted the first Um, the inaugural spark conference three weeks before the world shut down. And so it was kind of the last thing that was on everybody's mind. And um, everybody was kind of holding on to that memory of remember last month when we were all together and we were hugging people and, you know, all of those kind of things. So I don't know if that's what propelled my, my podcast to, um, to have some more exposure where other people, um, but then I also started an online community to encourage and help help podcasters. So I, th- I think that that probably helped too. Good. Good. Yeah. So talk, talk to us a little bit about some of the um, ways that you help folks be better podcasters. You mentioned a conference, you mentioned the online community. What are other, some of those ways that you've, you've been able to, to help those of us who are, who are doing podcasting? Yeah. So um, right before the conference, I, um, created a podcast planner that we launched through Amazon because I knew people would be coming to the conference and they would need resources. So we did that, that launched at number one on Amazon and um, it was just for 2020. And so we we've since taken it down and we're reworking it to have it to be something that is not based on a year, but can be used any year. Um, and so from there that led to the conference, um, before the conference, I thought, you know what, there's going to be all of these people coming to the conference that are going to want to stay connected. They're going to need more resources. You know, once they figure out how to do all of the things with their podcast from recording and all the equipment that they need, the next thing they're going to know is how do I grow my show? And I thought how much more can we grow our shows if we are in community with one another. So we launched the Spark Collective, and that is a training membership community where we teach podcasters everything from what an audio interface is and what good audio quality is to how do we market it on social media, podcast processes. So I interview people in the industry who are doing a great job and bring those best practices back to the community in a video library. And then I also meet with them twice a month to um, kind of have a hot seat and a mastermind. We talk about what's working, what's not working, where people need help. And my amazing husband, who is my partner in business, is the tech guy. So he gets to answer all the questions about SEO and, you know, why is my podcast um, sound this way or or whatever. So we make a really good combo because I really am about the growth and the upfront and the social media and the promotion stuff. And he handles all of the technical things. So that sounds like a fantastic, fantastic community. I was reading about it, looking into it a little bit before and uh, 
I know uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you'll see a 5Q as a part of that membership here in a, uh, in, a in a couple of weeks. That's, yeah, we, we we would love that. Yeah, no, that that looks like a, a really really powerful resource that you're offering there. So so think about uh, a ministry that that has never done podcasting before, and they're considering it. What are some of the reasons that that a ministry should think about uh, launching a podcast? Yeah, well, I like to say I have a friend who coined the phrase, so I don't want to steal it from her, but I love it so much. And it's podcasts are the new pulpit. So what we saw in um, 2020 with COVID, a lot of people were not able to gather on church, you know, to go to church, but for large churches that had online ministries, they didn't really miss a beat because they were able to televise their services and, you know, they had zoom connections and all of that, but podcasting was a way that people were they were able to continue to be fed um, throughout the pandemic. And also the fact that you can reach beyond your local congregation to the uttermost parts of the world. And that's what the Great Commission is. So why would you not want to podcast? Mm-hmm. So it's about growing awareness, um, getting the word out about, about the ministry itself, but also actually ministering to people. You can actually do ministry. A podcast is one avenue that you can actually be doing ministry online. Absolutely. And, and different voices are going to reach different people. And um, so if you can expand your reach beyond your local congregation, why wouldn't you? Um, because there are, are people all around the world that need those messages of hope. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's say a ministry decide, okay, yes, we're ready to do this thing. What, what advice, what's the best advice that you can give them as far as the next steps? Yeah. So where I start with all of my podcasters is um, for them to get really serious about who they want to serve. Um, Cause you can just say, well, my podcast is for everybody, but no, your podcast is not for everybody. So really yeah. understanding your target market and who you're trying to reach with your message and is that message what your market needs? So we really start with the basics there about your who and your why. Um, Why do you want a podcast? Because I think that's just as important. You know, Simon Sinek coined the term start with why, but I think it's a really great place for podcasters to start. What is your mission? What is your vision? Because podcasting, there's a lot of things that go into it and it takes um, a lot of time and energy to do it and to do it with excellence. And so understanding your why will help you in those difficult times. So I don't know if you know this, but about a million podcasts over the last year launched. So when we went into, um, when we were in the beginning of the pandemic, we crossed over into a million podcasts and now we're about 2 million, but of those podcasts, not all of them are active because there are barrier to entry is very low. Anybody can start a podcast. And so there's a lot of podcasts that maybe have three episodes and so they're not active. So we want to, um, help people to really understand what they're doing, why they're doing it, help them to launch with success so that um, they want to continue to do it and to do it with excellence. Yeah, that I was actually going to follow up question was, okay, so we've got a million or now it's up to 2 million podcasts out there. How many of those actually uh, did, did we lose in the last year as well? Because, because you're right, it's, it's a, 
it's once you start, you, you, you want to continue it. I know for our podcast, we made a commitment. We're going to do this for a full 18 months uh, before we make any evaluation about where to continue so that we can, we, we can get, start to get that, uh, the, the snowball rolling, if you will. Yeah, because it does take time. So podcasting is a uh, an opportunity to reach people around the world, but it's also a slow growth medium unless you start with a very large platform to begin with. Um, you know, then you can expand it much quicker. But otherwise, it just takes time. It takes consistency. So what I tell my people also is create great content that people want to hear and then show up and serve them well every week show up and serve your audience I'm sure you've probably seen this it's kind of like the early days of where blogging was and you've probably seen what michael hyatt pretty uh, famous blogger and he says he was doing it for i don't know if it was like 18 months or two years and his growth was was like this and then something something happened and it's like he crossed that tipping point and but it was the consistent providing excellent content just like you said over time until the until the market caught up until the market actually found him yeah well and then you also have a catalog of episodes so if people go back and listen to the older episodes maybe they're exposed to your um, podcast at episode 100 but then they're like there's 99 more that i haven't listened to plus all the ones going forward so i think that's why it has that compounding effect yeah the long tail uh, aspect to that yeah so, so so okay so we've got a podcast up we got it launched um expecting lots of traffic, you build it and they will come kind of thing, but the traffic isn't there. So what advice do you give to those that are, that are wanting to grow and build their, build their traffic? Yeah. Like I said, create great content and be consistent. So um, one of the things that people think too, is that I'm just going to post it on social media and everybody's going to come and listen, right? No. First of all, social media is very, very crowded. And I think even in the last, over the last year, it's got even more crowded than it was. And also um, our ability to be seen um, has been stifled somewhat by the, the tech companies. So therefore our content that we're putting online um, just to, to grab their attention has to be attention getting. So we have to look for creative ways to post it on social media, but social media actually isn't the best way to attract people to your podcast. The first uh, way is through SEO. And so making sure you're doing a good job on your website of those keywords um, so that you'll come up in searches and then you can um, from, from there, it's actually word of mouth. So telling people to tell people about your podcast um, and then social media. So it's, it's kind of a trifecta with those three. You have to make sure you have the building blocks in place for that SEO for both those long tail words and the short tail words, and that you're doing things to um, show up on, on lists. And, and we have different strategies that we use to help our podcasters to make sure they're coming up in search ranks. That's, that's really good. I don't think I've heard, I, I, haven't, I don't think I've heard explained that way in terms of you hear the social media all the time, but the trifecta, almost like a foundation of great content, great and consistent content. And then you've got, I love your word, a trifecta of the SEO and the, uh, the social media and the word of mouth. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's really good. 
you know, what I didn't hear you say was paid advertising, like buying Google AdWords or buying Facebook ads. Talk to us about that. Yeah, I know that some people have success with that, but I feel like um, for me personally, it, it's not the money that I have spent for it. I think you have to spend a lot of money in order for that to be effective. And it's like this beast that you feed, like you start off maybe with putting a little money into your ads and then more. And there are people that develop their whole strategy around um, ads. And, and for, um, for me, we, we just recommend that people um, do it a little bit differently. Yeah. Grow it organic. That's yeah. Great. Because I think if you grow it organic, those are people who become your super fans. Once they know, like, and trust you, then they want to know everything that you're doing. Um, and random strangers really typically are not interested. And I think to go from an ad to then going over to a podcast player to then downloading it, um, like there's a lot of steps that are there. Right. And so I'd rather grow it organically. I think that that's going to be more effective and I think you're going to have a more engaged audience. Yeah. And so your podcast conference last year, you did your first one, the spark conference, and now you're getting ready to do your next one in June, which that's how I heard about you because you're going to be doing it in conjunction with the NRB national religious broadcasters association. So, so talk to us about that. What, um, what can a person expect at, at, at that conference? Yeah, I'm so excited about the partnership with the NRB. I think this is going to be um, an amazing event. So at the, so basically Spark is like a mini conference within the conference, right? right. So people can attend Spark only. They can, they can attend Spark and then get a pass to the expo so that they can see everything that's going on there. There's some speaking. There's going to be some live podcasting, the, the different vendors that are there, um, or they can add on a ticket to the NRB. So we created our schedule um, basically in the afternoon of the Tuesday and Wednesday of the conference so that if someone wanted to go to the sessions in the morning, they could go to those morning sessions and then come to the spark. And then on Thursday, we started last year um, podcast awards. One of the things that I saw in the industry is that, so first of all, the, the religion, Christianity, spirituality is all lumped into one. So you have your sermon audio, um, which is one kind of podcast. You've got um, different authors and speakers that have podcasts and, and different niche podcasts that fall underneath that umbrella, as well as all these weird hipsy, dipsy, tripsy, spiritual weirdo things, right? So it's this crazy category. Um, and, and most uh, faith-based podcasters will not be recognized for their work in the industry. Um, so I wanted a way to honor the work that those people are doing. So we created the, you know, the first annual spark awards and it was a hit with our people, you know, because it, they just felt so good and, and they've won a to share that. So we're going to end our event on a big note with, um, our podcast awards. That's fantastic. That I know, um, I'll be at NRB. And so I will definitely be one of those that will be coming by and, and listening on some of your sessions and, and, uh, excited to, to see how that goes. That sounds like, uh, just, a a really, really good fit with, uh, with, what everything that NRB does in the media space for so many years for Christian media. 
Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's really, really good. Well, and here's the cool thing about Spark is that it is, um, it's not a bunch of breakout rooms. It's not the size of the NRB. You know, we're talking like 200 people or less. Um, Our first event was 150 people. We had them all in one room. So all of our speakers were in the room and all of our speakers were available. They weren't whisked away in some green room. Um, So people could have access because sometimes it's not the thing that we hear from the stage that is the difference maker. It's the connection that we make. And so for Spark, that's one of the things that we really love is to provide that space. But then we start it and and it's a progressive experience. So we start with kind of podcasting 101 and then we build on that all the way through. So most of our content ends um, up being about growth and the different ways that you can grow. And then how, how do you support that? That with a monetization strategy, um, but it kind of the whole conference builds on itself, and so that's another way that we have seen that people have really liked it. And then we vary it, so we've got some panel discussions that will take place, and then some individual speaker speakers. We have people from the podcast industry. So one of our speakers who's backed by popular demand is Dave Jackson of the School of Podcasting. He also works for Libsyn, but he's in the Podcasting Hall of Fame. I didn't even know there. Was was a podcasting hall of fame, but apparently there is, and Dave's great. And so, you know, we're blending, um, the different podcast industry and speakers and, and kind of do it in a progressive way that starts from, from concept to production to beyond. So if you're listening to this podcast and you are one of those ministries that, or radio stations that goes to NRB every year, make sure that you block out some space to, to, to slide in to, and to, to see some of the latest trends as it relates to podcasting. It, what, what this sounds like, like Misty, is uh, um, several years ago, I was chairman of the, then it was called the Internet Committee, now it's called the Digital Committee, and we did a digital ministry conference or digital media, media conference, kind of a, a, one, a day and a half right before or right during the NRB with the same goals of just exposing people, give the people the ability to interact and learn in a, in a, in a re- very focused area of the digital space. And, and with you, it's the podcast space. So, yeah. Yeah. So if people actually want to come to the Spark event, they'll need to buy a ticket through Spark because our space is limited at the conference. And so we're not going to be able to just let anybody at the NRB in. I just wanted to clarify that just because of space. And and I know that our event is going to sell out. So if people are listening to this and they're interested, I would encourage them to go over to sparkmedia.ventures and grab their ticket before it's too late. That's great to hear. So what about somebody like me who I already have my NRB ticket? Can I still get in? You absolutely can. So, great, good. So, so again, just for clarification, was it? Do I have to buy a Spark? Yes, Spark, Spark is well? like an add-on. It's an so it's, it's an, an add-on. add-on. Okay. Yeah, okay. it's an That's add-on. Really so, yeah, and and actually, um, you you can only purchase that through Spark. The NRB Got is it. not um, it's not on their website. So, okay. Um, okay. But yeah, come come so, to so us and, and when we'll hook you up. Perfect. Yeah. No, no, that's, uh, that's great to know. Thanks for that clarification. That'll be, that'll be really good. Um, as you look at some of the trends in podcasting, what are some of the, what are the trends that you're seeing that uh, whether it's around promotion, whether it's out around, uh, whether it's around how people are doing podcasting, but what are some of the new trends that the folks should be, should be aware of? 
Yeah. I think there's a lot of people who are getting into sort of the, um, digital, um, space where they're bringing podcasters together, whether that's through a network or whether it's through, um, basically being a, a, I'm at a loss for words right now. Um, basically a hub. hub. Yeah. That's a, yes. There's a specific word that I'm trying to think of and it's not coming to me. Um, basically where they're, they're collaborating with other people so that there's cross promotion that's taking place and uh, an aggregator of content. That's that, that was the phrase I was looking for. So I know that there's people who are, um, maybe they have an app. So some of the work that we've done is like with pray.com. And when pray was initially getting started, you know, they came to, to me and we had a meeting and said, Hey, we'd love to get your Christian podcasters on our app. Well, now pray is the number one, um, prayer app. And so their main thing is prayer, but they want to be, uh, you know, distribute content, uh, that's audio and other people do video content. And so, yeah, being a content aggregator. So there's lots of different, uh, places like that, that they're popping up, but then we're also getting exposure to other platforms. So one of the places that my podcasters in particular have seen a lot of growth is, um, getting their podcast on the Indian platforms. So it's like the, the Indian Spotify. So there's Geo Savan is one of them. And I am at a loss for what the other one is. There's, there's two of them, Ghana, Ghana's the other one. And so uh, featured right along with all of these different, you know, Indian voices are the, these Christian podcasters and faith-based podcasters that are getting their voices. One lady in particular, um, that I'm thinking of who's in our overall community, um, has a podcast about uh, women of the Bible and her largest audience is at a town that I can't pronounce or remember the name of in India, but the, the Christian population there is less than 2%. And so she is literally reaching people all over the world to share these Bible stories. And, um, it's, that's where I see between different platforms and networks and finding ways to collaborate and aggregate content and then push it out in different directions. That, that that's actually exactly what I had in mind when I asked you that question, because <laughs> one or well, one of our clients in particular, that's exactly what they've done. They've become an aggregator and they're, they're actually producing themselves a uh, probably about a, a, a close to a half dozen or a dozen podcasts themselves that they're producing each one targeted at a niche audience and yeah. uh um you know you have your the ability to kind of like seth godin talks about in in books like remarkable but go go directly to a niche audience knowing who your who your audience is is a whole lot better than trying to be everything to everybody yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I think that's the differentiator between, um, podcasting and radio. Like you can have a radio station of a certain genre of music, but they may play the same songs over and over. And you want to hear, um, you know, songs that are maybe not played on the radio. So it's like, you can find the content that you as a listener that's targeted. And if you don't like it, you can move on and go to the next episode. So there's a lot of freedom and flexibility with that. And you don't have to be, um, 
in, you know, front of your computer in order to listen, you can be out for a run, you can be, you know, doing other things. And so that's another great thing about podcasting is just the, the mobility of it. You can be in the car, you can be on the, you know, on run on the street or in your home, you know, folding laundry and, uh, podcasts are a great way to, to, um, to be able to get out to all those different places. Yeah. So I'm curious on a personal level, how many, how many, what, how many podcasts do you listen to on a regular basis? Um, well, I, you know, it varies because right now I'm not listening to as many as I would like to, because I'm in a typically, I mean, in a very busy season right now with the conference, because we are 69 days away from the conference and we didn't decide to partner with the NRB until about 90 days. So we are in a crunch time. So typically um, I have new podcasters coming into my community. I always try to listen to their podcast, give them feedback, rate their podcast and, um, you know, help them by leaving them a review because those reviews are really important to, uh, for social proof. And so, um, I have a ton on my player, um, but I probably am not listening to as many right now as I would like to. Yeah. So that's on your professional side. I, I know for myself, because my commute is like walking through my garage and, into my office, I don't, I'm not, don't have very much wind, windshield time. And I find usually I, when I listen to podcasts, most is when I'm in the car driving, it's kind of the, the, instead of the radio, that's what I'd prefer to turn on. So uh, when I do drive probably three times a week, I have a 30 minute drive to a farm that I do some work at or hunt at or whatever. And, and that, that's right. I, I usually listen to it at about one and a half speed so I can crank through a little bit more content. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then and there's probably, probably about nine podcasts that I, uh, in both interests, spiritual and business, that I find myself cycling through. Have you seen any statistics on how many like, podcasts a typical person subscribes to or, or listens to? And somebody who listens to podcasts, how, how, how many they you listen to regularly? You know, no, I've not seen stats, but just in conversations with the podcasters that I'm associated with, you know, they try to do the same thing where they're listening at uh, an increased rate of speed. So that's why don't talk too fast on your podcast, because if you talk really fast and then they speed it up, then they may miss the point. Um, But yeah, I think a lot of people that are in podcasting, you know, do their best to try to listen to a lot. And, and I encourage my podcasters to do that because it helps them to see what other people are producing and it helps, you know, increase, um, it helps them increase their podcast skill by listening to, to podcasts that are doing it well. So some of them are, like you said, are going to be for personal use. And then some of them, they're going to actually be looking at it from a different perspective, sort of digesting the podcast and what they like about it and what they don't like about it. So they're listening in lots of different genres. Um, cause I, 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 it's like reading, you know, in order to be a, a good writer, you need to be a good reader and you need to read um, broadly. And so I encourage my podcasters to listen broadly, but then there's only so many hours in the day. Right. And so, um, with a lot of people's commute time decreasing, uh, since COVID, I think that did affect some people with their numbers, but at the same time, I think there's a lot of shows that are still, um, you know, once you sort of get into the habit of listening to show, you look forward to that show every week. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, this has been really, really helpful. I know uh, our audience, both those that are doing podcasts and those that are thinking about it, will, uh, will, will benefit a lot from, from what you shared with us. I, I'm just curious, you know, what, and this is a question that uh, um, if, if you're a regular listener, you know that this is something I ask uh, all the time if you're a listener out there, but Misty, what is one book a blog resource or something that you've read recently that that you that their audience would be help, find helpful. Yeah, so I am an author and a speaker as well as a podcaster, and um, and so recent and so people send me books a lot, uh, and so recently um, I I was sent and I have no idea who sent it to me. So that's an interesting thing. Believe it by Jamie Kern Lima. And I had no idea who she was, um, but she started a pod, um, she started a cosmetics company and um, just all that she had to face uh, through that. And so as an entrepreneur, it was a really interesting story to read her, um, you know, how she started it with her husband and, and her faith aspect of it, but then also how she, turned into a household name with her cosmetics. So, wow. yeah, that's great. So believe it, believe it. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. that's great. Look that one up. Talks a lot about the challenges of, 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 you know, being a startup and what they had to yeah. go through and, and how they got their big break with QVC and then um, how they were actually purchased for a, like a billion dollars from L'Oreal. So it was the biggest um, makeup acquisition that happened and then kind of, the fallout that happens when you become a little famous and how people um, are, are, there's a lot of critics out there. And so it's been an interesting read. Uh, that's what I've read most recently because somebody sent it to me and I was like, okay, well, I'll check this out. So that's great. No, that's yeah. good. So Misty, how can people contact you? What, what, share your website and uh, if they want to learn more about your organization and Spark Media and attending the conference, how can they, how can they do that? Yeah, so they can find me pretty much on most social media platforms as Misty Phillip, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I hate Twitter, so don't really go there to find me because I'm not I'm not going to be there. Um, I love I love to hang out on Instagram, um, and then I have two websites. So one is my personal website, which is mistyphillip.com. That's where my book and my podcast lives. And then everything else for Christian podcasters, we have a, a blog with a lot of free resources to help them in their podcasting, as well as the other things we mentioned, the conference and the training and all of that can be found at sparkmedia.ventures. Great. Sparkmedia.ventures and yes. mistyphilip.com. Yes. Very good. Well, Misty, thanks so much for joining and for sharing. And uh, I look forward to meeting you in person in June at, uh, at the Spark Conference. Absolutely, Chad. Thank you so much.